Do you aspire to be a fire officer? Are you a veteran who wants to stay relevant? Or are you currently working in the emergency management industry? Join your host, John Alston, as he blazes through current industry trends, events, and tips for management and officer development. Learn from industry leaders and discover how to network with peers and emergency management leaders. Welcome to the Fire Officer Trust Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fire Officer Trust podcast. Fire Officer Trust is a place for fire officers and those who aspire to be. I'm your host, John Alston, and this week's episode is episode number 13. And we're going to be talking about jump seat fire management, or are you still thinking from the jump seat? And these principles can be applied both in the fire and emergency management services, but also in corporate America and the military. As you move from one position to another, you take on different roles and responsibilities. Uh, You physically sometimes take different positions, but are you prepared? How did you prepare to get there? Or are you the same person when you get there and you don't make the change at all? Uh, Some people say that the toughest change or transition for them, especially in the fire service from firefighter is to fire officer. And I imagine it would be the same in any profession. If you move from worker to supervisor, just as in the private sector, the move or transition, the task, the roles, the responsibilities many times are very, very specific to the assignment that you have, if you will, or the position you have in your organization. In most professions, a, a promotion is seen as an award or a reward for good services and or you're moving your way up through the ladder, uh, pardon the pun. But in our industry, it's more function specific. When you move from a position of uh, being an entry level worker to a supervisor, that first level, many times you're still a working foreman or foreperson, as it were. You still have your uh, much of the contact with the uh, workforce and with the day-to-day operations and tasks. But as you move up through middle management and upper management, it moves more towards an administrative uh, position and a supervisory position over sometimes multiple units and multiple people. In the most rudimentary or first-line supervisor, you go from being the driver and or from the person being in the front seat on the other side with no wheels, no controls. But when you do jump seat management, you literally are going from that back step or that back jump seat to the front seat. Your view has to change. Your uh, perspective definitely changes. Sometimes when you're promoted from that front seat, you're promoted to a chief officer's position where you may be riding by yourself and having to make all of your own decisions. Or you may get assigned an aid, an administrative aid or a technical aid that can assist you as well. And even that becomes an adjustment when you've been alone by yourself, navigating the streets and the like and uh, making decisions, monitoring radios and reading dispatch information and monitoring the roadways. So when you move from the jump seat to the driver's seat and sometimes then over to the other side where there are no controls, you have to make those adjustments. And how are you preparing to do that? 
If you're in uh, lower management or an entry-level position in uh, business or in other public service or any other organization, how are you preparing yourself to make the next move? And it's always about preparation meeting opportunity and what changes you have to go through. And when you assume those roles, what different tasks uh, may and responsibilities may come your way. Now, in my profession, people say that that's a tough change and it's a tough transition. And I understand that. But it's for a lot of reasons. Uh, were you the person that didn't follow the rules in the first place? Okay. Maybe you weren't serious about the job or your responsibilities, but now you've been given this position where you have to be responsible, not just for yourself, but for others. Maybe you didn't make the investment in yourself to study or become proficient or competent before you were thrust into this position. You don't like people. You don't like the ones you serve, nor the ones that you serve with. So your your communication skills, your interpersonal skills uh, may be lacking. I'm not trying to sound negative. These are things that uh, have come up. I've been very fortunate in uh, my industry to work with aspiring officers, uh, veteran officers that want to move to the next level and have achieved the next level. And I assist them in making that transition. And these are the things that come up all the time. Maybe you were one of the guys or gals that uh, couldn't distinguish between a leader or a follower or just wanted to remain part of the gang. But now you're out front. Now, here's the tough one. Maybe you recognize all of that, but you lack the courage to change yourself and the circumstances when needed. Now, I don't want you to think I'm bashing anyone or being cruel. I'm not. Some officers are honest and they tell me that when they went for the higher rank, they went for it solely for the higher pay. Um, that's honest, but to me, that's wrong. <laughs> I don't know if it's criminal, but it's wrong. Um, okay. I'm going to get off the soapbox for a minute. There are other reasons for this. Okay. I, I, I've had the pleasure to work with hundreds of firefighters over the 30, over my 30 years plus, and each one of them brings something unique and different when they become an officer. And I'm finding more and more that they are more tool and task focused as opposed to being an overall operational or management person uh, because maybe they studied uh, a certain amount of material for the test. Maybe they're great test takers. It could happen. But, but hear me out. In our industry, it is very, very specific when you are a supervisor and when you're an officer. Some of the responsibilities that you have to know are safety items and issues, you have to ensure that you and your crew are properly trained, properly outfitted, part of a team, and have an assignment before you enter a dangerous environment. You have to learn how to hold members, and including yourself, accountable for your actions and responsibilities. You have to be responsible for them, the equipment that you've been giving, and also the assignments that you've been giving. You have to be very, very careful about mixing your responsibilities and when you delegate authority. See, when you're task and, and active, when you're task oriented and active, you can delegate, delegate authority depending on what the uh, job or the task that has to be done. But you cannot delegate, delegate your responsibility. Excuse me, getting a little tongue tied with the uh, coffee this morning. You have to learn how to take a broader view. You have to learn how to slow down, to plan, to calculate, to even forecast outcomes based on the situation that you're being presented. You have to learn the importance of documentation. You have to learn how you fit within an organization and know when you can refer 
uh, persons or items to the proper authorities and the proper departments. Now, that may mean you have to get out of your comfort zone for a lot of reasons. But I would hope that you would move towards becoming a more passionate and compassionate person. As in the business of working with people to help other people, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to become a people person. You have to learn the vision of your organization and have a clear vision yourself and an idea of your responsibilities within it. There's an old saying that says you study to show yourself approved. That means that you have to be diligent. You have to continually learn, continually grow. Now, some traditions that we have in my organization and in my industry are good. And some of them are not so good and they need to go and die the death of the dodo bird. But when you make the change or when you make the transition and you understand your role and your responsibility, when you become that person, you will learn your job well first. You will be the most competent person that you can be. You'll study and train for the position that you seek and continue to study and grow to network and be able to talk to incumbents who have been there, done that, and have been successful. You want to select and establish rapport with a mentor or a role model and have continuous improvement, the theory of Kaizen, the, the continuous improvement for the better, small changes, small incremental changes for, towards the better, and focus your efforts with a positive attitude, and you will find yourself sitting well. Now, if you're already that person and you're not sure, perform a self-audit. Ask yourself, am I doing all I can? What can I do better today that I didn't do so good the last time? How can I improve myself and how can I improve the circumstances and ensure that my crew and my people are safe, that we're productive, that we're serving our community the way we're supposed to, and more importantly, getting them back home the next day safe to their families so that they can find their families the same or better than when they left. I want you to study and train and maintain an optimal level of proficiency and knowledge. It's going to go a long way with you. If you're still thinking from the jump seat, I suggest you change your view. This is John Alston, the Fire Officer Trust Podcast. Take care. Talk to you soon. Like what you heard today? Subscribe to the podcast and blog, hashtag Fire Officer Trust. For show notes, updates, tips, and more resources, visit www.fireofficertrust.org. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you never miss a show. The Fire Officer Trust, a place for fire officers and those who aspire to be.